Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I am so, so excited to talk with our guest today, like extra excited, because she and I share something that we absolutely love. It is this formula. It's a strategy. It's a book that I probably mentioned one out of four podcasts. And we, I learned so, so much from this leader in talking about branding and strategy. And so when I was preparing for my podcast yesterday, I was like looking at her stuff and reading. I was like, oh my God, I, we're going to have like the best conversation all about like decoding. And that's what the founder of Flourish Marketing really, really focuses on like decoding your brand story. And so she is a story brand certified guide and marketing expert. She is CPCE, which we'll have for those of you listening who don't know, we'll have to have her explain about her experience in that. And we're going to talk about decoding your brand story. Now, before you say like, oh, I already know all this shit. You probably don't because even though we work so much with so many companies and brands on the company side, I'm always learning something new from every single person that I talk to. So stick around because if you're in branding and more importantly, if you're not in branding, these are probably some of the most important podcasts that you're going to want to listen to because we're really going to dive into the stories and how you can decode all of that. And so Aaliyah Harris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So for people who don't know, tell them what CPCE is. CPCE is a designation from NACE, which is the National Association for Catering and Events. And it stands for catering, catering professional, I'm sorry, certified professional in catering and events. Sorry, all of the letters moving around there. So it's it's a certification that I gained. I'm also the uh, national marketing chairperson for NACE and the national black caucus chair for NACE as well. So I wanted to make sure that I could dive in. I owned a catering company many moons ago and I wanted to dive really? in. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I did. We got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get certified like with what people were doing now, not what we were doing like 
10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of people listening that are creatives. They're in the hospitality industry. I mean, I grew up in the hospitality industry doing weddings and events. And so um, I love NACE. I've spoken for many of their chapters all over the place. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that you had that certification, I was like, ah, I wonder what her tie is like to the marketing and the hospitality. So we have that in common too. That is so awesome. I so, think that we're going to uncover a lot of things we have right, in common. <laughs> right. So before we dive in and talk about like, oh my gosh, like catering and then marketing and how you founded Flourish Marketing and how you became a story breaker. Before we go through all of that, like take us back to how did you grow up? Were you in an entrepreneurial family? Like what has gotten you, what's been your journey to where you are today? So I grew up um, in the Bay Area in California um, in a small area called Fairview County. So it's in the Bay Area, kind of maybe, let's see, 20, 30 minutes from Oakland, 30, 45 minutes from San Francisco, but it's an unincorporated area that my grandmother and my grandfather moved to um, after my grandfather got out of the service. And it was at the time, you know, there was a lot of segregation happening and Fairview was like a, a welcoming haven for black um, middle-class families. And he became the quote unquote unofficial mayor of Fairview County. And that's where my mom lived, most of her life, my, then she moved from my grandparents' house and then moved like two blocks away. And that's the house that they, she's lived in ever since I was six months old and she's still there. Aww. So <laughs> um, I grew up with a, with a single mom um, and I, it was like a little tribe. I called my grandmother, mom. I called my mom, mom. I had a room at both houses. I was, I was a Aww. little spoiled. <laughs> it was it was it was a beautiful way to grow up but my mom um, is a nurse she's been a nurse uh for ooh, over 40 years wow it's, it's just like wow Bless her. I was like I, I haven't you know done anything well I'm not even quite that old yet but I'm like just just think of how long to do that one profession is is, right? is kind of astounding for me um, and she, she's a, she's definitely a fighter and a, and a, and a compassionate fighter. So she, when I was four years old, my parents got divorced and, um, she was working two jobs and getting her master's degree and <laughs> raising a four-year-old, very wow. precocious little girl. So I, I think I get a lot of my, my drive and, um, kind of a balanced perspective on, on life from my mom, because she is definitely, definitely the foundation layer for who I am today, for sure. That's amazing. And so how did you, what was your first thing? Like, did you come out of the gate of like, okay, this is adulthood and I'm going to start a catering company. Like, was that your very first thing? <laughs> that first of all I don't think that I've made it to adulthood yet sometimes I'm like <laughs> waiting <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to like hand me some kind of like plaque that says it's official you're an adult like I don't know I I'm I'm Get it together. <laughs> I know I'm 34 years old and I'm still waiting to truly feel 100% like an adult even That's even awesome. with everything that I've done in my life <laughs> so that no awesome. that was not the story <laughs> Um, I actually started in the fashion and cosmetic industries. Um, okay. Very, very different. Um, they, they were not for me. I just couldn't find the substance in it. I really didn't 
I mean, like, yes, I do like dressing. I do like clothes. I do like looking good, but I just got great style, great fashion style. (laughs) I will accept that compliment. Yes, you do. Now I know how. Now you know how it got there, but I just, I just didn't find the deeper meaning in it. it. It just didn't sink into my heart. Like I was looking for. And then it was one of those life things happened where at the time you're like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? I got laid off. And I was like, no, how dare they? Me, not me. <laughs> and I was devastated at the time, but oh my gosh, looking back, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I've been laid off twice in my life. Um, and both of them were, were the biggest blessings ever. I always, I always joke. And it's like, when God tells you, cause I knew darn well that I was supposed to have left that job a while ago and I was like no 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 but I'm making pretty good money no 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 I'm just gonna stick it out and God was like well if you're not gonna do it I'm gonna do it for you (laughs) I love that so many people that I talked to on the podcast that are like entrepreneurs they all had some type of a layoff and it was like they all say it's the best it's a blessing in disguise it's the best thing that ever happened Absolutely. Because oftentimes, you know, it's hard to leave like my most recent layoff, not that one. I had golden handcuffs. I was making more money than the average bear. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were, you know, living life. We're planning our next, you know, uh, international vacation, you know, (laughs) pre-COVID. And and then I had just bought a new car and then boom, (laughs) it all kind of shifted but it was again a blessing because then um i flourished with flourish so but any, is anyway, that where I'm, your name came from from your company no that's a whole different story so um okay. i Detail. am um, I, <laughs> I am very much into uh personal growth and development and my my goal is to equip myself and other people to be better prepared and the best versions of themselves for what the journey is that lies ahead so i was looking and oftentimes when we treat life like a struggle or a battle for something to survive through we always we can have opportunities we can have celebrations but they're fleeting moments in in stress and this kind of pool of, of, of stress of striving, especially if you're slightly type A, like I am. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to live like that. I want life to feel like the celebration all of the time, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what part of the cycle of evolution I'm in. I want to feel like I can flourish and that I am flourishing. And so that's where the name for flourish marketing came from. It was I mean, if I, you know, a lot of the things that I brand, it's like flourish or growth or thrive or things like that, where it's, it's for me that the ultimate goal is not just, I want to make a bunch of money, which by the way, is still a goal, but yep. it's how, how can I do it with freedom and peace? Can I do it and enjoy the journey? Can I do it and really be excited about where I end up in the end? So yeah, that's where flourish came from. And so are you an amazing cook? I am an amazing cook because I, um, I, yeah, I went to culinary school. So after all of that, I got laid off. So thank you. Thank you for bringing yes. my story back on track, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, after, how did the catering thing come? <laughs> you're like, how, what the heck? So I got laid off the first time and my sorority sister, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, and my sorority sister was at my house and she was eating as she was apt to do. And she said, you know, you should go to culinary school now. 
<clears throat> I'm going to say that she said that because it was so good and could have been better, not because it was so bad and she was like, girl, you need help. <laughs> 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 and I said, you know what? I've been laid off. I can't seem to find a job doing literally anything. So I'm going to do this thing. And I did. I, I was accepted to Le Cordon Bleu in Pasadena, California, and I went to school wow. there for two years. Um, so I already had my four year degree from the University of Southern California. And then I went back to school. When everybody else was getting their master's degree and my husband's finishing up his doctorate degree now, I was in culinary school where, and um, I started my catering company while I was there. And I finally found that missing piece that I didn't find when I was in the fashion and cosmetic industry, that, that why, that connection to celebration, that connection to joy. Food is, food is hyper-personal. Um, and when you cook for someone, it's almost like like water for chocolate, if you've read that book or seen that movie, it's, it's, that is a, uh, probably a little bit of an exaggeration of how I feel when I cook for other people, you put in your, your heart and your love and your, your, your hope is that they can feel it. They can feel mm -hmm. the joy. It makes the wedding even sweeter because they feel the love that you put into the food. So I fell in love with food and cooking and helping people celebrate the biggest moments of their lives. When I was a catering company owner and a private chef. Um, and I slowly transitioned into being more of a private chef than doing catering. Um, I was Stevie Wonder's private chef and I was uh, Bruce Willis's private chef. That's um, amazing. And traveled all over the world. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. I had an amazing journey. And then I said, what else? Type A. Remember, we've already covered that I'm type right. A. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> What's next? This is great. What's next? Um, so I applied to work um, as a vendor partner on Google's food team, helping to build their global food brand, which is an internal brand for themselves. And it How was cool. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then I rose to the ranks of my parent company and I became the head of marketing for North America for one of the largest Yay. corporate food service and facilities companies in the world. And then I'm like, wait a minute, where are all of the people with the celebrations? Yeah. <laughs> where where are the people that are getting married? Where are the people? Where am I? I'm not putting love in anybody's food. So I started Flourish. While of course I was working because type A, that's what we do. We do uh -huh. two things at once. Yep. Um, and then I got laid off from that job. That was the second layoff, the second blessing. And then I'm time and I haven't looked back and I've loved it. I get to talk about the celebrations and the love and hear people who just love their craft. And then I help them turn their talented selves into making lots of treasure for themselves, turning their talent into treasure, because that's, that's what I was able to do. And so why not help other people do the same? I love it. So at what point when you got into marketing, did you discover story brand? And for people listening who don't know the brand or what it means to become a certified guide. Can you walk us through how you made that decision to become a certified guide with StoryBrand? Absolutely. So this is, I always thought that this was kind of weird because becoming a certified guide is not a cheap endeavor. It is not. Um, <laughs> when, when, when I did it, it was $10,000. And I said, yep. okay, I was going to pay for it out of my own pocket. Um, and I said, or let's see if my company, this is when I was still employed. Remember multitasker here. Yep. Let's see if my company will pay for it. And then I'll apply all of the benefits to my business that I'm running on the side and my, my role here as a head of marketing. They said, yeah, sure. Go for it. I'm like, sweet. So I flew. I was actually, I wish I had known you then. Cause I was in your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
getting certified in, in Nashville. Um, we could have had drinks. I'm so sorry yes. that, that doesn't happen. Next time I'm there, we definitely totally. have to get together. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, I, they paid for me to get certified. And then two weeks later, they laid me off. What? When I say blessings, blessing, blessing, uh, blessing. Yes. Yes. So what, if, if you're ever like, sometimes you look around at your life, you're like, was I supposed to do that? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm like, this was obviously something I was supposed to do. And, and there was going to be a way made for me to get certified in the first place. Um, and being certified was impo- important to me because I, I read mm-hmm. the book first and a recommendation um, of, of someone who um, was already successful in business. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll read this book. It's kind of going to be like, whatever. I read a lot. So I'm like, oh, it'll be another business book. Mm-hmm. I read a lot, maybe like a, a business book or two a month. And so I was kind of like, after a while, they almost start to like sound like the teacher from the Peanuts comic, like wah, 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 wah. they kind yeah. of all start to say the same thing. Yep. And when I was reading Story Brand, that was not the case. Nope. It broke through the noise. And it was a, a very simple yet profound structure and framework that you can apply to your business to be able to, as they say, clarify your message and mm-hmm. be able to increase the conversion of from strangers into dollars in your bank account. And I was a skeptic. I was moved by the book to say the least, but I was still a skeptic until I started making little tweaks just based off of the book to my own stuff. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Even I'm more compelled. I would buy this now. Yeah, it works. <laughs> as opposed to, it works as opposed to it sounding all jumbled together. And I said, I got to dive into this. This is going to be something that I can use to propel myself forward. I wasn't even really thinking about it being a differentiator quite yet in the wedding catering and event space. But I said, I'm all over the place. Um, I didn't know I was all over the place. I thought I was doing great. But after I read the, the the book, I was like, I'm all over the place. How can I make sure that I get it together and then I can help people in the wedding catering and events industry get it together? So um, over four days, I was in Nashville, got certified, sat with Don and JJ and Kula Callahan and all of the, the trainers and the coaches. And, and I got my own story together. And then they taught me how to make sure that the marketing funnels of my clients actually work. Um, for, for those of you out there who might not be familiar with what a marketing funnel is, a marketing funnel is a tool that savvy business owners use to turn um, strangers into customers. So at the mm-hmm. top of your marketing funnel, you attract them. In the middle, you build those relationships and you can, can convert them onto your email list. At the bottom, you close that sale, you book that client. Mm-hmm. Well, you can have a marketing funnel that technically has the mechanics right, All right? Like you got something that captures leads, you have a social media account and you have a good proposal that you have the mechanics right. You have the stuff that, that the gears will move. But then if you're like, oh, marketing doesn't work, often people say that because they actually don't have the, the content right. They don't have the messaging right. They don't have the story right. Mm-hmm. So they have a shell of the marketing funnel, but they don't, it's not working because the stuff that you're saying doesn't actually resonate. It's not designed to convert. And that's what the story brand framework allows you to be able to do much more effectively. It Mm -hmm. allows you to, to do less, to not have so many things that you're doing to try to get customers and, and sell to them, but to have the things that you do do be more effective. And I loved it. I've loved using it. I use it for everything that we do inside flourish whether it's mm-hmm. social media or websites or email marketing, whatever. And, and I definitely have seen the difference for myself and for my clients. 
So if you're wondering, like, what do you, which it is um, a big, like, buzzword thing right now, like your brand story. It's like, you know, you, you and I were hearing about this years ago before mm-hmm. it was all over social media, which this is my brand story. But it's <laughs> like, I can always tell when listening to people and, and looking at their brand. And sometimes I just sign up for people's email lists because I enjoy going through their funnels and I enjoy mm-hmm. like knowing the funnel side of things and knowing the strategy of it. And you can tell who's actually been through like a legit program versus people who are just wing trying to wing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've really, really enjoyed. And so for people who are listening who they have not gone through any type of a, an exercise, can you give them a quick pointer on what is, what exactly is a brand story? Absolutely. So the first thing that I want to clarify, it's amazing how social media can take an idea and bastardize it. And then like, oh my God, that's what it is. <laughs> so Amen. the first thing I want to clarify is that your brand story is not actually about you. So people think that the brand story is this. Well, my grandfather started this company back in 1929 mm-hmm. with a, a buck and a, and a dog. And now we are. And then let me tell you about my auntie. And, and it's just like, yeah. oh my gosh. And I've read wedding planners, um, uh, graphic designers, stationers, uh, websites where that is their about page. And they're like, well, that's my story. And it's like, no, that's what you tell Mm. somebody over drinks. That is not your actual brand story. Your brand story point blank is how do you solve a problem for your dream client? And why are you more qualified than the person that does exactly what you do down the street to solve that problem for them? That is the basis of your brand story. Notice it doesn't start off with what do you like to do the best or, you know, how cute are you and what's your new headshot and what your grandpa does. It is Mm -hmm. about your client. And the number one marketing message that wedding catering and events and creative people do not use is the problem because And I talk to my clients about this all the time. And it's always the part when I'm going over a brand script and when I'm doing website content that they cringe on, they're like, well, but we're about happy. We're about love. We're about joy. We're about celebration and creativity and color. And why would I tell them that as a wedding planner, if they do it themselves, they'll have anxiety. That seems negative. But it's the truth, girlfriend. (laughs) It's the truth. (laughs) Let's talk about the truth. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, so right though. They don't, they don't want to say what happens when they don't work with them. And because of that, as an industry as a whole, people don't know what wedding planners do. They think y'all are J-Lo and that's not the case, Uh -uh. right? Uh -uh. (laughs) There's a lot more organization. I was reading a post today and if it was yours, it might've even been yours. I don't know if you posted this on social media. Somebody posted on social media today that the average wedding takes a planner 250 hours of work to do. 250 hours of work. Yeah, that's how we catch hourly. (laughs) For real, we track our time because it takes exactly. a long, long time. 
And you guys all think that everyone knows that. And I hate to break it to you, but no one knows that. No one. No one. No <laughs> when one. somebody is just like, they're just Twitter pated, right? They just got engaged. They're floating on, floating on cloud nine. They have that, that binder that they've been gathering since they were a kid. And it's like has the scraps of, of the dress and the suit and the flowers and the this. And they bring you this atrocious thing covered in pink lace. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, you really don't have anywhere to start. And you have no idea what I'm going to do with this wedding. No right? idea. You guys need to tell your story. And the story is the problem that you solve. What mm-hmm. does a wedding planner do? Educate on your website so that people know very clearly where to put you in their brain. We've spent so much time trying to think outside the box and be mm-hmm. unique and be different. You need to actually put yourself in a box and it needs to be very well-defined. Right. That's one of, that's the purpose of your story so that people can see you. They're like, oh, Angela. Oh, I know exactly what she's all about. Go to Angela for, this is what I talked to her about. This is what she's good at. Oh yeah. Boop. Angela, her face is like her logo, right? It's a beautiful face, BT does. But she's like this, that's what Angela Prophet stands for, right? She has a brand. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to Angela profit yourself. You need to be able to say, BSD, get shit done people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You need to be able to, when people say, oh, I go to Susie Scherzinger down the street. I don't know why that's the name I came up right? with. <laughs> right. She was Susie Scherzinger. She is hyper-organized, but she also has a background as a paralegal and she does minimalist weddings. And so mm-hmm. I want a minimalist wedding that is on point. I want someone to be able to um, negotiate my contracts for me. And I want it done and handled because my main goal is to head off to Tahiti with my boo, right? <laughs> you need to That's package right. yourself. Uh-huh. Um, and the first part of your package is the problem that you solve. That's the, that if you're, if you're in, in the food space like I I was Mm -hmm. that's the center of your plate that's not the garnish it's not the sauce it's not the veg it's the protein in the middle is the problem yep Yep. I'm sorry I feel like I got on a soapbox I'm officially getting off of it now (laughs) no I love it I love it so but like the thing is um people don't know like where to I mean to me and you it's like where do you put your brand story like put it on your website put it on social media but are there other ways that people can incorporate their brand story, like to really close business? Your brand story should be in every word you write, regardless of where it is. Once you get to know the, either it's the story brand framework or it's, well, it's really just the story brand framework. I'm sorry. I, I'm super biased. Totally. I feel like you should all know that. That I I know this framework and it works. So if you haven't picked up building a story brand by Donald Miller, go and buy it and use the framework and think about each piece of the framework as, as um, ingredients to a recipe. When you first learn it, you are feel very inclined to go from the beginning to the end. You talk about what is your character's problem? I'm sorry, what are your character? What does your character want? What is their problem? Um, who are you in relation to them? How can you guide them through? What's your plan? What does success look like? What does failure look like? And you you find yourself needing to write the whole story, you know, that's your about page basically. Mm-hmm. But you also can pull different sections out and focus on them in different pieces. Like, so for example, um, just like Angela, I do a lot of speaking. 
Mm-hmm. And my publicist um, um, and I were like, okay, well, what's, what are some ways that we can help differentiate me? And I was like, I want to add a testimonials to my speakers page. That entire, every single bit of my testimonial part of my media kit now is focused on the credibility part of my story. I chose testimonials that hit on the different uh, objections that people have to other other people speaking. I chose them so that they can show what success looks like. I, some of them, I was I was just really blessed that I had some that showed like, oh, I've heard other speakers that blah, 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 and Alea doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's what failure could look like. So every single word you write is part of your story, regardless of where it is. This testimonial thing is just a downloadable PDF on my speaker page. It's not my main website copy and it's not my social media strategy, Mm -hmm. but you want to make sure that you are writing always to your ideal customer. You're always thinking about their problem. And the problem is multifaceted. When you first start writing your story, a planner's character want or character problem would be something like, I want a wedding that is like the wedding of the century, right? That's what everybody wants. This needs to be like the wedding to end all weddings. Well, that's not what everyone wants, but let's just say that this is the wedding to end all weddings. Most people. (laughs) (laughs) And people should be talking about this wedding because I'm spending a grip of money on it. They need to be talking about this wedding for like the next five to 10 years. Like do that for me, wedding planner. And that's when you start off and that's basically stuff that you include on your website on how to get them there because that's what they want and then all the things that are preventing them from getting what they want. But then if you're talking about, say you want to get into speaking or say you want to pitch to be on a guest podcast, the podcast host, yeah, the end user might be people that are getting married and they do want that, but you're now you're pitching to the podcast host or the person who owns a platform where you're writing a guest blog or the, the person where you're submitting your real wedding submissions. And they know that the end goal of the um, user might be they want the best wedding ever, but that's not the main problem that you are addressing right off the bat because your audience is slightly different. So mm-hmm. you, then you begin to play with the nuances of, of the problem and, and the solution. When you're on social media, Again, read the book because this will make a whole lot more sense once you read the book. I've I've given you the framework, but it'll make more sense when you read the book. Take each piece of the framework, there's seven, and each post hit on one part of the framework. So on one post, you might talk about all of the beautiful things that every client of yours, your dream client would want, would want. And then the next day you post about something about all of the problems that prevent them from getting them what they want. And then you have a call to action to book with you. Then the next one might be a, a post about your credibility. Maybe you just got a new certification. Maybe you were featured in press somewhere. I am very, very firmly believing that your social media profile is not your portfolio. That's what right. a lot of people make a mistake on. And like every, it's all about the images. I'm like, well, the images job is to lure people in, lure your ideal customer in. It's mm-hmm. the words that do the conversion. So when you're writing the words, you're writing them so that you are building a storybook. Each post is just a part of your story. I haven't touched my personal profile in a while. I went back and looked at it the other day. And I think I posted like four times this year on that, but (laughs) on my business profile, I don't post like that. Yes. I still do post cute selfies because they do happen. And why would I keep that from the world? But (laughs) (laughs) the caption is like, is not about, Oh, 
shining, shining, shining today. Look at my glow up. No, that's not the caption. The caption has something to do with how I help solve people's problems. Right. <laughs> and that, and it's funny because I have some friends that they're not business owners and, um, they do look at our stuff, like just to look at the pictures mm-hmm. and they don't read because they're not business owners. They're not really our target audience. So we're mm-hmm. writing for our target audience. And that's like where my head is when I'm posting anything. Usually yeah. you know, every, every once in a while, I'll be like, Hey, here's my nieces. Here's my dogs. Um, but I'm usually working it in to like make a point and exactly, you know, so it's like, you got to bring it around, but they'll say the funniest things to me. Cause they're like, why, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't, don't try to don't follow worry about it. it. Like you don't, yeah. Like you don't own a business. So I don't expect you to understand, but the whole reason I bring this up is because the older I've gotten and the more I've gotten into like clarifying my business and how I can help people, those people end up becoming like my friends and family group because some of my friends, like I can't help them. They don't want the help and that's not where their headspace mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And I have less and less and less in common with them. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, things shift. And so, you know, just know, like, if you're listening and you're like, I feel like I'm losing all my friends because I'm starting this business and you're get, you're starting to think differently. You're starting to put something together that's actually going to convert for people that you can actually help. Like, that's a normal process. Like, I don't know if you went through that too, but mm-hmm. it can be kind of lonely and, but it's part of your growth. And so like, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, I just want people to know that. I I think that that's really poignant, especially because often as people, at least I I don't want to, I don't want to talk about y'all. How about when I talk about me, me, (laughs) I don't know y'all like that. So I was thinking that if I collected people in my circle, that those were the people that would stay with me forever. I was like hoarding people. And as I grew personally, and I already talked to you about how personal evolution is a, is a thing for me. People were not always growing with me. And then I felt mm-hmm. the need to still hold on to everyone. And you don't need to hold on to everyone. You don't want to necessarily just be like, ah, bye, bye, Felicia, right. bye. Like, you don't just <laughs> cut everybody off. But you right. have to realize that people are not always meant to be in your life forever. Mm-hmm. And as you become a business owner and you become focused, you don't need those friends in your life that are saying, well, I haven't seen you or talked to you in two weeks. Um, it's, it's me, right? It's me. I know it's me. No, you need someone being like, hey, girl, I ordered you um, some DoorDash because I don't think that you know what the weather is like outside, um, but I'm yeah. rooting you on and I'll make sure you're fed. And when yeah. that launch is over, when wedding season's over, when engagement season is over, let's go grab some drinks. Ooh, yep. those are the people who you want to hold on to, yep. right? They There's a different type of support. They, they, they get it. They might not, they might be a, you know, just a normal nine to five kind of worker. They might not be an entrepreneur, but they can see your hustle and they can appreciate it. Um, and they're rooting you on. You need to be an entrepreneur is rough. I don't know if it's just mm-hmm. me. I don't think so, but it is rough, no. especially this year. It's been Interesting. Interesting. It's like interesting is like the word of the year. Just it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. It's interesting. And you so you started to um mention there's like steps 
to everyone creating the brand story. And so I want to make sure that you guys know the steps. So like you mentioned, there's a character, they have a problem. And then if my brain serves me correctly, it's like, then they need a guide. Yes. The God. (laughs) And then like your brain's the hero. And then like, what are the other steps? Because I want to make sure that I think you said there were seven. There, there are seven. So the first is you define your character and your, and their want. So character, um, and then they, you define the problem and there's, um, two different types of problems there, you know, internal and external kind of problems there. Um, and, and, oh, actually there's three. And then there's a philosophical problem. So you mm-hmm. have the, the character who has a problem, um, that's preventing them from getting what they want. And then they meet a guy you because in this is this the the story brain framework is modeled after the hero's journey and it, i want to be very clear that you are not the hero sorry gotcha. you are the guide <laughs> <laughs> so um they are the hero and the reason is because there's really only room for one hero in anybody's story and they're already the hero in their own eyes so why tell them any different and you That's also right. don't want to be the hero the hero is the weakest character the hero in Harry mm-hmm. Potter is Harry Potter and Harry Potter needed all the help, right? The You're book's not right. called Hermione Granger. The book's not called Professor McGonagall or Albus Dumbledore. Sorry, can you tell I'm a big fan? The, the, <laughs> those are not the heroes. They That's are right. the guides. And he has a lot of guides, right? Hagrid even, yep. right? Throughout the entire series. He's the weakest character that needs help. And that's but 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 the victory is his because he perseveres. And mm-hmm. that's just like when you're planning someone's wedding, the wedding is still their wedding. At the end of the day, what you're giving them is the moment where their guests come up to them. Well, that was the bad thing I've been to. You want them to say, thank you for giving that to me. Thank you for allowing me to be the hero. Thank you for guiding me to this place of my ultimate wedding destiny. But yep. it's not your wedding. Right. So you are the guide and in order to be a guide effectively you need to demonstrate credibility um, authority and and empathy in order to get there Mm -hmm. and then you have to have a plan because it doesn't matter how cool you are if you don't tell them what to do then you're just a cool person that they like that your instagram pictures you need to actually tell them how you're going to get them from the place where they have their problem to the ultimate success of what they want Um, and then you need to paint what success looks like because you, so it's a character has a problem and meets a guide who has a plan and that plan leads them to success and helps them avoid failure. You need to say, this is what this will look like when you work with me. And oh, BT dubs, if you don't want to work with me, first of all, I'm going to give you a side eye. And second of all, I'm going to tell you all of the things that you will, will happen to you that will go awry as yep. you decided to DIY like all of the well-intentioned and incredibly stressed out couples before you. Mm-hmm. Let me let me paint that picture of what it looks like. People are more apt to move away from pain than towards pleasure. That's just how we're wired. So sometimes you have to add just a little bit of a sprinkle, not a lot, not doom and gloom over here, right? A little bit of a sprinkle of what they what could happen if they don't work with you? Um, and that's that's a little bit of a secret sauce kind of thing that we, that I would love to see more in wedding and creative messaging because I don't see a lot of that at all. And it's and it's hard. Stationers are like, well, if they don't use my stationery, they'll use someone else's. Yeah, but what is? But why why is yours better? What type of techniques do you have? What type of 
um, uh, paper do you use? How is your creative process different? How is your customer service process different? Mm -hmm. And by the way, it could be the difference between using a stationer or going to Staples or Office Max and thinking that you're going to get the same quality when you print it off on your HP printer at home. What is that mm -hmm. going to look like? And stationery is the very first thing, that, a disaster, exactly. <laughs> stationery is the very first tone that gets set about your wedding or your any event, really. So right. painting those pictures about what is, what is the problem, what they could be avoiding if they just would simply wise up and pay you the money and work with you. It's like the best investment ever. It's priceless. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when someone writes their brand story, like as they go through the years, like, I mean, you and I both, we have, you know, the events and the catering and the planning and the design and all that under our belts. And then we get bored and then mm -hmm. we pivot and do something different. Not necessarily a pandemic is making us, you know, pivot. Like mm -hmm. we started these pivots beforehand, but do we evolve the brand story or do you think it should stay consistent? Your brand story is always evolving. Most, most, most um, evolutionary points happen or should happen by the way that your customer wants and problems are evolving. So if you have made a decision that you want to just say, actually, I've been doing wedding planning this whole time and I actually don't want to do wedding planning anymore. I just want to focus on doing design and somebody else can do the planning. Then you need to figure out, okay, what is the problem that I'm solving for now? That's what I mm -hmm. want, but how do I match up that up to the problem? If then, if you are in a pandemic and you're pivoting, you need to have a real good understanding of what is the current problem and how are you solving it? That's how your story pivots. It's not something that is stagnant. Your messaging will evolve. It just should be consistent for a, a, a time, right? So you want people to be able to understand who you are and, and you don't want to change and pivot your, your uh, brand story so much that people get confused or there's right. no consistency and they can't recognize you. But then you start saying, okay, next year, I am going to intentionally pivot in this direction. What is the shift that I need to have happen? And then you start inter interspersing mental paradigm shifts for your ideal client to get mm -hmm. them from where they are, their current problem, what they're realizing and what you've been talking about is their problem to what the next problem is that you're going to be solving so that it's not an abrupt transition. Mm -hmm. You need to have a, a, a shift and it needs to be smooth and intentional with about three to five different key points and key messages that you use on their journey towards pivoting to your, your brand is what I'd recommend. Awesome. Right. And it's like, even though we used to do so many weddings and events, like the problem was always the distraction. And then like, for me, the outcome is like productivity, like how to be more productive, regardless of how you're using the strategy. You can use it in wedding planning. You can use it in an accounting. You can use it in any mm -hmm. industry, but the strategy of it and the problem and the outcome really hasn't shifted. It's all people planning weddings, they're distracted. They have work, mm -hmm. they have other things. That's why you hire a planner. That's mm -hmm. why you invest in those things. And then the outcome is, you know, yes, you want this big wow. And you want, I mean, business owners want a return on their investment. 
wedding couples and corporate people, they want a wow to an event. So when people leave, they're like, damn, that was amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a nonprofit event, it's like, I want to go back next year. So it never really, it, it goes from industry to industry in making sure that like your problem and the outcome, like for us, hasn't really changed. So, Mm -hmm. But you're exactly right. You have to make sure that you're tying it all together so you don't confuse the hell out of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want to look like you're like schizophrenic, right? Back right? and forth, back and forth. They're like, I don't know what you're about at this point in time. You're just throwing random words at me. For real. That's what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> so can you walk us through like the no and the like and the trust factor? Like, what does that, what does that mean? Absolutely. So I think about it this way. You are not McDonald's. However, McDonald's is pretty potent, right? Like uh, there have been times in the past where hypothetically I've been driving with my window down, caught the scent of fries, had the fries in my mouth, didn't even know what happened. I didn't even remember going through the (laughs) drive-thru. I didn't even remember paying. I don't know how much it was. And all of a sudden I have those crack coated fries. I don't know what they put in those things, but I have it in my mouth. My fingers have that nice little burn going on. I can feel the crunchiness and I'm in heaven, right? I don't even eat fast food like that. But I mean, hypothetically, that has happened in the past. But you, my friend, are not McDonald's. You are closer to the French Laundry. The French Laundry is one of my goal restaurants. I tell myself that when I hit a certain level in this current business that I'm going to treat myself to the French Laundry. It's about $1,000 a person and it's by my chef crush. It's a Michelin star restaurant called, and his name is uh, Thomas Keller and it's in Napa, California. Thousand bucks a person. Wow. That's where I, that's my goal. That's like, you know, you gotta have goals for yourself and rewards for yourself. So that's my goal. You're more like that than McDonald's. I'm not just going to swing on by the French laundry, pop right. on and be like, yeah, give me what you got. I mean, like, this is my lunch break. I'm going to go and hang out and do something. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You're going to plan that out. You're going to save up for it. Like I said, it's a goal place for me to go. You have to plan the the uh, the accommodations, the travel. It's, it's not an impulse buy. So I need to know a whole lot more about the French laundry than I need to know about McDonald's before I make that purchase. I need to know about the chef. I need to know about the location. I need to know what the heck, why, how do they get off (laughs) charging a thousand dollars a person? I need to know all of that. I might need to know your kids' names before I make the trek up to Yauntville in the Napa area in California to drop a thousand dollars on some food. Yeah, I guess two thousand dollars because I guess I bring my husband. So two thousand dollars on some food. (laughs) That's that's why no like and trust is important because, like I said, you are closer to French Laundry than you are to McDonald's. People when they drop ten thousand dollars on a wedding planner, they're not like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna let me just. I think that I have that as the change in the bottom of my purse. Most likely, that's not what happens, right? They need to know that you're going to be um, on time, credible. You have the systems, you have the service, you have the experience, you have the accreditations, the awards, all of those things before they can book with you. They also need to know that you're not like a dick. Like they need to know that they can sit and talk to you for a, a year of their lives. So you can build that up on a larger scale. It doesn't have to be necessarily right after you have that. Uh, a consultation call or during that consultation call it in that proposal that's you're it's too late by that point in time really 
They're yep. kind of, they're shopping around. They need to know a whole lot more about you. And that's where marketing comes in to build that know, like, and trust. If we tie it back to story brand, it's the guide part of your story where you're, you're building that credibility and you're also demonstrating empathy by showing how much you understand their problem, how you've helped solve it for others, what other people have said about you and your testimonials, referrals, all of that. So that by the time they they are actually sitting down and saying, hey, babe, we need a planner. I'm not doing this myself. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know, Susie Scherzinger, she's back. Susie Scherzinger <laughs> would be awesome. great. I'm on her Instagram profile right now and I've been following her for a while and I'm on her email list with BT Dubs is the place where you want to try to get everybody. I have a whole email love affair. So that's what mm-hmm. your goal is to get everybody on your email list. And I think that she's the one for us. Let's book with her because I know this about her. She shows up regularly, consistently with a consistent message and a consistent brand image. Let's, let's check out Susie. That's mm-hmm. why no like, and trust is important because relationships equal sales. And if you're not intentionally building those relationships, then your marketing funnel, your sales funnel, your lead generation is, is, is non-existent. And you're doing what I like to call hope marketing. Man, I hope I get a booking. Man, I hope I hope someone hope DMs works. me. <laughs> I hope that this works. I hope this and I mean I, and and granted, to be an entrepreneur, you have to have hope. You can't survive without it, right? right? But it can, it's not a strategy. I know, I know you know hope is not a strategy, but you might not know exactly what the strategy is. Again, start with the problem that you solve. Start with how are you going to build relationships, especially now digitally, which is you're not going to a wedding expo anytime soon. You're not going to any right. type of really in-person networking event anytime soon. So what, how can you intentionally build those relationships online? Spoiler alert, use email marketing and use your social media accounts. <laughs> uh, with a strategy. And yes. with that, I think that you guys need to know that so they can text Storytell to this yes. number and three three seven seven seven. Yeah, so we'll put in the show notes three three seven seven seven, and you will get a free storytelling blueprint implementation guide that's going to guide yes. you on how to tell your story, no matter what industry you're in. This works for, and I've seen it work in every industry that we have helped, and it's it's. Especially, it's so important for the creative community because we are not wired like the attorney industry where Mm -mm. attorneys and that whole lawyer industry has done a phenomenal job of really, really telling the story to consumers. So for example, when you talk to not only business owners, but people who are not entrepreneurs, they know that every time they are with their attorney, they send an email or they pick up the phone. They're like, well, that was just $350 for 20 minutes. (laughs) Why why that? I, I don't know what they did to create that foundation. But I don't the, know, but I, they had to have like met in a back room somewhere right? and figured it out. And I'm like, how did you get there? Can exactly. we get there? <laughs> I'm like, the creative community needs to be more upfront with, listen, and you said it, girl, the time, the knowledge, the skills, the hard, all that stuff builds you credibility. And guess what? somebody has been, that's been in it for a year versus somebody that's on year 20, you're going to invest 
much more because of where that person is now. And so don't, I, I love the, 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 the sweet emails that I get. I'm a brand new photographer. Can we have coffee? I'd love to get on your list. And I'm like, I don't know what list you have fabricated in your head that I have. But I'm like, wait a minute. Can I get on whatever that coffee is? What is that? Right? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm happy to, to sign you up for a coaching program on like how to be a good business owner. But in terms of collaborating and, and actually working together with a client, you've got to start where other people are. So there's mm -hmm. probably, there's new planners out there and you guys could collaborate great together because you're actually starting around the same time. I'm not here to babysit and teach. That's another mm -hmm. service line. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? I'm just like, where these, the, no one is guiding the creative industry on how it really is done. And so, you know, somebody's got to tell them. So it's like, sure, go read these three books. Let me know your top three takeaways from these mm -hmm. three books, story brand being one of them. And mm -hmm. then we can hop on the phone for 30 minutes of a complimentary session to see how we can grow your business. And it's like crickets. There's right. People don't follow up. They, they're just, they, they're in love with the idea of what you do. Like, that's what I've learned. Right. They, they don't all want to put in the hard work. And so, that's the difference between businesses who fail and businesses yep. who thrive. Yep. That dedication, like, it's so funny. People get into businesses and being an entrepreneur. I'm going to work for myself and set my own hours. I'm like, great. So your hours are going to be like 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. That's what being an entrepreneur actually is. I love all 14 hours every single day. Yes, yep. I do get exhausted, but that's what you're doing. So if you're trying to put the same effort in as that nine to five, um, it's not going to mm -hmm. work, especially not right in the beginning. You're no. going to need to be able to be literally everything. You're your salesperson. You're your best, uh, you know, employee. You're, you are your HR department and you are your learning and development department all at once. Welcome to entrepreneurship. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> now I get those calls too. And I, and sometimes you can just tell you're like, I'm going to send you these, these uh, three book titles and I'm never going to hear from you again because you aren't yeah. willing to put in, in the work. Yeah. This stuff. So Angela, you make it look easy. I'm just going to put it that way. I think that that's what part of the problem is. I mean, you look at like, you think, I don't know, like listeners out there when the last time you're on Angela's website, but I was on there earlier today and I was like, wow, she makes this look like she woke up blinked and this is just what happened. I she wish. makes it look easy. That's how she, she's a pro. Angela's a pro. When you oh, go out there in the world and you see these pros who make it look effortless, it's more like you're seeing the tip of the iceberg or depending on the pro, you're seeing that duck floating on water that like looks all calm and like paddling frantically underneath. Mm -hmm. That's what it actually is. So mm -hmm. you can't go and say, oh, I want what Angela has. She has a cute little website. I just got a cute little website. I'll be good. I'll be a cute little <laughs> <Thanks>. website. <laughs> That's not in her ass for years <laughs> right to get to the point where you think that you can get hop on a phone call and make it work that's not that's not how entrepreneurship works and I think that this was our tough love corner for the day mm -hmm. it's it's a journey and you you can't compare your today to like our today and but what what you can do is like the new people that are reaching out is 
learn and follow. And there's so much free information out there, but Mm -hmm. it's like, are you actually going to take the information, work through it, go through the strategy stuff. And that's how you're going to grow the quickest or, you know, Hey, if you can invest in a program and that a lot of these things that we've learned, especially how we got into sales funnels at a friend years ago, who was like, you work way too hard. Like you need to get into like funnels and, you know, I jumped into infusion soft and got in bed with them many years ago. My team calls it confusion soft, but it's like, I didn't know <laughs> I what I didn't them. know. <laughs> and, but, but I'm glad that it happened because it was many years of listening to Russell Brunson saying, yeah, you can wake up and have a million dollar funnel. And it's like, it ain't fucking that easy people. No, it's, it's really weird. not. It's not. It's like testing and spending money and getting data and tweaking and retweaking and relaunching and taking feedback and asking for feedback. And it takes a lot. Hey, if you do it overnight and you're that lucky, good for you. <laughs> good for mm-hmm. you. But I have not seen it or experienced it, nor has anyone, any of my entrepreneur, entrepreneur mastermind groups experienced that. Like you got to put in the work, you got to put in the effort. And if you want something bad enough, you will commit the time to doing it, period, period. Mm -hmm. So again, if you want the free storytelling blueprint implementation guide, and we'll put it in the show notes too. You can text story tell to three, three, seven, seven, seven. And then if they want to connect with you on social, what's your favorite platform? I know I have, I have all of the places you just come and follow me on Instagram at Alea Harris, A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S. Love it. And this was awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. And everybody that's listening, thank you so much for your time. I know you got lots of great takeaways and nuggets, a little bit of motivation in there. And go check out the book. We we love story brain. We're story brain geeks together. Tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Everybody have a great day. Bye. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in. I would love for you to text me your number one takeaway, any feedback that you have. And we're also starting a new series called The Number One Time Suck, how you can be more productive in GSD and everyday life so you can be present. So if you can help us out and let me know, just text me your number one time suck, 615-527-8755. Let's get shit done.